Welcome to a healthy bite. You're one nibble closer to a more satisfying way of life, a healthier you, and bite-sized bits of healthy motivation. Now let's dig in on the dish with Rebecca Huff. Hey, I'm Rebecca, and today I am here with Krishna, the founder of Catalina Crunch, and might be wondering why I'm interviewing him, but guess what? You are a speaker about nutritional subjects, right? So I thought this would be the best opportunity for me to speak to someone who has a passion that is so related to mine. And I have to say, there's a handful of people who I um, follow that I actually read their emails because people don't read emails anymore, right? But I actually read yours. Um, you and a couple of other people. So tell me a little bit about how you got into speaking about the nutritional subject. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, good question. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, to start off, you know, I was, uh, I'm currently 29 years old. I was diagnosed with both diabetes and epilepsy in the same month um, back when I was a senior in high school and I was 19 years old. Um, and uh, prior to these diagnoses, I was not interested in nutrition at all. Um, my dad was a big health nut, um, but I uh, had no interest in it. And so he used to go to all the natural food stores and organic stores and things like that, and I could care less. Um, but when I was diagnosed, uh, you know, uh, things changed uh, a little bit. Um, you know, I, I all of a sudden had to take care of my body. Um, you know, when you're diabetic, especially your blood sugars go up and down depending on what you eat. Um, and if you don't, uh, eat right, uh, quote unquote, um, or you don't understand how food impacts your body, um, it's going to be very difficult to manage that disease. Um, so, um, for me, I, I guess you could say I was kind of forced into it, um, uh, you know, to, into understanding more about how our body, um, processes food um, and and how food impacts our body um, in order to uh, uh, make it easier to, to manage my diabetes. Well, first of all, tell your dad I said thank you because obviously he planted the seeds of nutrition into your brain. A lot of times when people get a diagnosis like that, they don't typically go straight to nutrition. So because I think because your dad probably was a good influence on you when you did get this diagnosis, you thought, okay, maybe dad was right. Is, is that in line with what you were thinking? Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, no, he, uh, he's a doctor. Um, so he's very interested in this sort of thing. Um, nice. and yeah, so when I, when I realized how important, uh, you know, food was for, uh, me and how it impacted my body because you, you don't necessarily see the impacts of food on your body um, if you're not measuring certain things like your blood sugar for example right it can be um, it can be you know for example you know eating certain foods can make you gain weight uh, but you're not going to gain that weight 10 minutes after you eat that food you know you're gaining that weight over a longer period of time right um, and so all sorts of different impacts you're not going to see them immediately um, but uh, yeah, I think, uh, I, I kind of look back and then I go, I can't believe I was drinking, you know, all those fruit juices, drinking all those smoothies, eating all that, uh, fast food and, and Coke and all that, you know, when I was young and I'm, I'm now happy that I, uh, uh, my dad was so interested in nutrition and he's giving me yeah. books to read all the time and things like that. So what was your favorite food back then? Your pre healthy food days? What was it you, you <laughs> love to eat? 
Ooh, um, I would say probably uh, gummy worms, actually. Um, I ate a ton, not a ton, but I ate a good number of those trolley uh, gummy worms growing mm -hmm. up. Um, thankfully, I was very active as well. So it, it was, you know, uh, not the end of the world. And, and I was in very good shape, actually, when I was when I was diagnosed. But um, yeah, I would every day I'd come home from school, go to the grocery store, grab a bag of those gummy worms and then eat them while I was playing basketball, actually. <laughs> and when pre before you were diagnosed with diabetes, didn't you have a cereal snack that you really enjoyed eating a lot? Well, yes. Uh, I mean, I, I for breakfast, I enjoyed eating a lot of Cocoa Puffs, um, right. a lot of uh, uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch and a lot of Waffle Crisp. Those are my three favorite cereals. And right. The 90s, I, hmm. I ate a lot of we're going to tie that in later, but okay. So after you were diagnosed, um, then you started getting onto the nutrition kind of kick and mm -hmm. obviously you were thinking, okay, this breakfast is a great place to start. Um, so you were trying to switch away from those more sugary cereals and you were looking for something and were you in the grocery store when you had the idea to come up with your product invention? <laughs> yes, I was. Yes, I was. Um, yeah, so I was, after I was diagnosed, um, I was for, uh, I was, I was getting on keto actually, um, and was looking to cut sugar, cut a lot of the sugar that I was eating, um, and cut a lot of the empty carbs and instead eat a lot more protein, a lot more fiber, healthy fats, things like that. Um, and I kind of went to the grocery store, store expecting there to be a Kind of low carb aisle, if you will, <laughs> um, and I didn't see anything like that, um, and so I ended up just eating eggs every day for breakfast for many years. Um, and as you as you hinted at, it was about two two and a half years ago that I well I'd been sick of eating eggs for a long 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 time, um, and I had missed the uh, you know the cereals that I'd eaten growing up. I had missed uh, the sweetness of them, but I also missed the crunch, um, you know, how crunchy they are. And I missed how they, you know, Cocoa Puffs in particular kind of turns into a, uh, turns your milk chocolatey. Um, right. you uh, so, so yes, I missed, I missed all those things. And that's what led me to starting Catalina Crunch. Well, and I think that you filled um, an important kind of void that we do find in the supermarket. Um, because in America, even though we're a very educated country and um, a lot of people have enough money to buy healthy foods, I'm not saying everyone does because obviously there are people that um, don't have that choice. But in spite of all of this, you know, technology, education, and wealth in America, there's still a huge obesity crisis and there's still a lot of chronic disease. W what do you think is the missing link? What's going on? Yeah, um, it's a great question. Um, you know, so I think you're right. On the one hand, uh, folks, more and more people are more and more educated about what they're eating, what they're putting in their bodies. Um, they're more and more educated about, um, you know, uh, the ingredients that are going into the foods that they're eating. Um, they're more cautious about what it is that they're eating. They're more people are reading the ingredient label and the nutrition facts statements than ever, you know, than ever before. And so there are more people who are interested in um, plant-based foods, interested in keto or in paleo, you know, interested in organic foods, interested in all the new kind of nutrition trends that are happening right now, mm -hmm. um, you know, which I think is awesome. Um, on the other hand, you're right. Uh, there is uh, a huge obesity epidemic in our country. Um, you know, I think 
close to 90 million people now in America have some form of diabetes. Um, and, you know, uh, almost one in two Americans has some sort of chronic, uh, you know, autoimmune or uh, diabetes related condition. Um, so it's a big problem. Um, I think, you know, part of what that goes back to is, you know, I think part of it is just a timing issue. Like I said, you don't get fat immediately after you eat, you know, XYZ food. Um, you also don't get diabetes or uh, any other sort of autoimmune disease immediately after eating XYZ food either. Um, so mm -hmm. I think this is, you know, what we, the problem we have right now is caused by the eating habits from like the 70s through the late 90s and then into the early 2000s, I think is what is leading to a lot of the kind of crisis in, in obesity and health that we see now. Um, you know, I would say I would say that's the the biggest driver. Um, it's not to say, though, that there are still, um, you know, there are parts of the country that are very educated, folks watching your YouTube channel and whatnot, um, who are um, really changing what they eat and, and are willing to pay a lot more to have high quality foods um, and high quality fruits and vegetables and um, products and whatnot. Um, and then, you know, there's another part of the country that it doesn't understand that um, and is not so interested in it. Um, and, you know, it all unfortunately tends to be, I think, lower income as well. Um, but I think overall, I think overall, you know, we'll see the country um, and those numbers improve uh, as more and more folks wake up to the, the dangers that come with eating, you know, say, especially large amounts of hidden sugars in a lot of the products we're eating. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the hidden sugars, I think, is one of the bigger problems. And in the state where I live, um, one of the top 10 states for obesity in this mm -hmm. area, um, we have more fast food restaurants per capita than a lot of other places in the U.S. So I definitely think that these things are contributing to the problem. Um, you touched on autoimmune illness and um, a lot of chronic disease. So let's talk a little bit about the fact that glyphosate glyphosate, I always get this pronunciation wrong, yeah. but um, showing up in a lot of cereals. So tell us a little bit about what it is and why people should care. Um, let's um, maybe a little bit on the science side of it, but mm -hmm. what, what do you have to say about that? Um, yeah, so glyphosate is the active ingredient in Roundup, um, which, you know, a number of folks might be familiar with if you go to a Home Depot or a <laughs> Menards or something like that. Um, and uh, it is used extensively by um, farmers uh, in America on certain crops, um, notably um, wheat and then uh, sometimes oat as well. Um, and so it is showing up as a result, um, you know, as a result of being sprayed on or near the crops. Then when you go to harvest those crops, um, it ends up showing up, you know, on top of those crops, right? And then as a result, it gets, it makes its way all the way into your cereal, for example. So if you have a, a you know, Wheaties, for example, obviously you have all these um, farms throughout America, they are growing wheat, um, they're spraying their wheat uh, with glyphosate, they then go to harvest that, that wheat and some of the glyphosate is on the wheat when they harvest it. Um, that wheat then gets milled into a wheat flour and then it goes through a process to create the cereal um, and the glyphosate just kind of stays with it all the way through. Um, and so you end up with glyphosate in your um, in your Wheaties in this case. Um, and yeah, there are many, many products that uh, have been tested on the market that contain glyphosate. Um, uh, you know, a, a lot, lot of the of, cereals that toddlers eat, I think, um, are testing positive for glyphosate. 
Yes, yes, yeah. Um, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of cereals toddlers eat, a lot of cereals in general, um, a lot, a lot of Nature Valley products, um, a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of bigger. I mean, I think pretty much if you're if you're talking about a big company that's manufacturing, uh, uh, like a Kellogg's or General Mills, for example, that's man- manufacturing um, cereals or bars or other sorts of, you know, crackers, cookies, things like that, um, that contain either wheat flour or oats of some sort. Um, there's a good chance that there is uh, glyphosate in that product. And, right. um, there's an organization that's doing testing. They've only done so much testing so far. So there's a lot more that needs to be done. Um, but, uh, that is, that's, uh, that's kind of where the product is or usually may be found. Um, as far as the, as far as glyphosate itself, um, you know, there is, uh, uh, this ingredient, um, is thought to be linked, uh, with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is a type of cancer. Um, so there's a number of studies that folks have done, um, you know, into, uh, uh scientists have done into whether, uh, glyphosate, uh, uh, has any, you know, uh, uh, impact or, or, or cause causal effect on um, the the chances of developing uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, it's funny. I I wrote an article a while back for uh, you know folks on our customers, uh, kind of explaining what glyphosate was, and then explaining uh, uh, you know some of the studies that have been done. Um, and it's interesting because you know I don't think I'm ever going to make everyone happy with this. Um, you know, you have some folks that are happy to be pointed to the science um, and other folks who feel like uh, the science isn't conclusive and that we're spreading conspiracy theories about, <laughs> about uh, you know, uh, uh, ingredients. You can't make everyone happy all the time. <laughs> yes, ingredients in, in food, which, yeah, you're absolutely right. You can't make everyone happy all the time. So, you know, I just put the science out there. Um, you know, I think it's, it's uh, the science is not conclusive at this point. Um, you know, it's, it's not totally proven um, that, uh, that uh, glyphosate does cause non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, or if you go to the store and eat Wheaties tomorrow, you know, you're going to develop this form of cancer. Um, but there is uh, some evidence from some of the studies which have found that to be the, you know, there to be some link. Um, and uh, so, you know, if you're, if you're aware of these sorts of things, um, you can obviously get ahead of the trend and mm-hmm. uh, stop eating those sorts of products. Uh, right. you know, I like to err on the side of caution, don't you? Yes, um, exactly, exactly. Well, and yep. I mean, honestly, our food supply is inundated with wheat products anyways. And I mean, they're finding glyphosate in breast milk. So, I mean, obviously our bodies have um, been taking in glyphosate for a while, but I have read studies too that also that say if you stop eating certain foods, I mean, I know it's in the environment, but it does help to stop eating these foods. Um, So like avoiding, especially um, wheat that isn't um, certified non-GMO. Although a lot of us just prefer to avoid wheat altogether, right? But you had Catalina Crunch cereals tested, right, by an independent testing agency? That's correct. Yeah. So so one of the leading labs in America for testing these sorts of products for glyphosate, um, you know, I thought it would be interesting to get Catalina Crunch tested. I did not assume that there would be any glyphosate in our product, <laughs> um, obviously, because it does not contain um, any, any ingredients like wheat, which are sprayed mm-hmm. with glyphosate. Um, but you, you never know because the, uh, the, 
the glyphosate can be sprayed onto products um, and then it can get into rivers, it can get into streams, it can be spread by animals, um, you know, cross contamination and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So you never know. Um, so I, you know, I thought, um, you know, it would be very important to understand whether or not glyphosate was in Catalina Crunch and then if it was, what we could do about it. Um, and so, yes, we did have it tested uh, and it tested negative. In other words, um, the, the lab that we use, they can test uh, in glyphosate in as little as 10 parts per billion um, in a food product, <laughs> which is uh, one one thousandth of the level of detection that would require it to be uh, for gluten, for example. Um, so you could have a thousand times as much gluten in a product and still consider it gluten free. Um, and so it's a very, very, very tiny amount. And, and yes, it came back. It came back negative. So I was happy to see that there's no glyphosate in our cereal. But we, I mean, we don't use wheat anyway, so I didn't expect there would be. But right, uh, right. But good. it's still good to be able to, you know, say that you have had it tested. I mean, that made me feel great whenever I read that. So yeah. Um, yeah. So you, which was the original product? Was the that dark one. chocolate? Yep. This. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So if you're watching the video, you can see it's it's time for the crunch portion of this. Uh, podcast. No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to crunch. I actually have misophonia, so I won't do that to you guys. Um, but it is very crunchy cereal. This is very um, cocoa-y. And I love that you put ditch sugar on the, um, my daughter saw this and she said, this, this is such a satisfying um, packaging. And she loved the ditch sugar thing. So that wasn't the first one I tried. I think I actually tried the graham cracker first. Well, okay. this is my second batch because I originally got a couple of flavors and then I ordered the like everything box so that I could got try it, everything. It. But I do like the graham cracker. I have made um, a keto cheesecake with the graham cracker cereal as a crust. Mm. Okay. Uh -huh. That's very delicious. Um, the cinnamon toast is another big favorite I really like. And a maple waffle. Yummo. <laughs> One of my all-time favorites. Now, this isn't cereal. Cheese this, bites. Yes, that's our newest product. This is different. <laughs> How do you do this? How do you make cheese taste like this crunch? How did you um, do that? Yeah, yeah, that's a really that's a really interesting one. So we had come out with the four flavors of cereal, which you just uh, outlined there. Um, and then I was, you know, one of the other things besides breakfast that I'd always found really hard was snacking um, because there are not a lot of low carb or keto friendly snacks, obviously, and a lot of things, you know, continuing on this crunch theme, a lot of the things that you would want to eat um, that are crunchy, uh, like chips or crackers or pretzels, for example, you know, are all obviously very high um, in carbs and contain a lot of wheat. Um, and so I uh, uh, was interested in, in seeing about this cheese. Um, and basically, that was the concept was, you know, uh, cheese is delicious. Um, you know, cheese is not, is not crunchy, though, unfortunately. Um, and so from time to time, I get a craving for something that's like crunchy to snack on. Um, and so I and thought, savory. You know, and savory, yes. Um, you know, and so I thought, what about, uh, what about cheese? Could we make cheese crunchy? Um, and so that's the, that's the kind of concept behind the product. Um, you know, there are a few other um, kind of crunchy cheese products on the market. Um, what we did different is that we're using uh, uh, cheese from grass-fed uh, cows. Um, so rather than eating, you know, cows that are fed GMO wheat diets, we're eating um, cheese from cows that are fed purely grass-fed diets. Um, and so 
that was uh, uh, um, the kind of basis behind uh, <laughs> behind coming you, up with that product. I have to say you nailed it. I have tried the other keto cheese snacks that are crunchy and uh-huh. they taste more like Parmesan cheese to me, which uh-huh. I mean, it's okay, but it wasn't my favorite. The thing that I like about these is that it's, it, it's one ingredient cheese. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't taste like, okay, so it tastes like cheese, but it really, what it tastes like is a really popular cheese cracker <laughs> that's made from wheat, but it's not made from wheat. It's just straight cheese, but it definitely tastes like this particular cheese cracker that everyone really likes. <laughs> and so that's what I like about this. It doesn't taste like Parmesan. It tastes like a cheese cracker, even though it's just cheese. So I was like, Wow, how did he do that? So that was uh, really impressive for me. But I have taken all of the cereal flavors and I've made various things out of them because, I mean, let's be honest. If you're if you're following the keto diet and you're just going to sit down and eat a bowl of cereal, the serving size is a little small, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so to stay in this, what I did was I used this kind of as a um, – a catalyst for having the crunch, but also staying in, you know, the parameters of a keto diet. I have a crunch bar that I absolutely love that I make and I've made it with all four of those. Um, so, and then I looked on your website and I noticed that other people make things out of your cereal as well. People love making other uh, recipes out of your cereal, don't they? Yes, yes, they do. Yes, they do. People send us all sorts of photos and images, which we lo- I love to see and actually look through. Um, people have done, or they're so much more creative than I am, to be honest. Um, you know, folks eating it, obviously on top of yogurt, you know, kind of in a yogurt parfait type thing, um, putting it on top of their smoothies, uh, blending it into their smoothies. Um, uh, you know, folks that have made it, you know, blended it into milkshakes <laughs> wow. of sorts, like keto milkshakes. Um, like you, you referred to uh, uh, using it to make a crunch, uh, to make a um, a uh, cheesecake um, crust. Cheesecake crust, yes, yes, the crust. Is, I mean, I think it's great for a crust as well. Um, a lot of folks, I'd, I'd say, trail mix slash Chex mix is also super popular. Um, so people will take the cheese bites. They'll take some nuts, they'll take some cereal and they'll mix it all together oh, and you get kind of like idea. a, um, yeah, you get like a, a trail mix, but it doesn't have like the, you know, you use like mm-hmm. our chocolate cereal for the uh, chocolatiness and the sweetness rather than M&Ms, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they'll take that when they're hiking or something like that. Ooh, um, but yeah, all, all sorts of, of ideas. The, the possibilities are endless. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have to say kudos because I wasn't sure if I would like all of the flavors, but I absolutely do. I love all of them. And this was a huge surprise for me because I, I made these keto crunch bars multiple times because I wanted to make sure I had the recipe just right. And I had all these crunch bars. And so I was taking them to my daughter's Taekwondo class <laughs> and I was trying to share them with the moms kind of to get feedback. Well, the kids were coming off the mat going, Hey, what's that? Can I have some? And I'm like, well, it's sugar free. It's keto. So you might not like it. And they're like scarfing it down. No one complained about uh-huh. the fact that these bars were sugar-free, gluten-free, keto, low-carb. You know, kids are usually really picky about stuff like that, but not one of them complained. Every single one of them enjoyed it. So congratulations <laughs> on a great product. I'm glad to hear it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I like to tell folks that I uh, spend a lot of time making, you know, baking, a lot of time working on the flavors and whatnot. I don't spend a lot of time talking to customers directly. So, you know, I'm trying to 
um, do a service for the world. So it's always, but I don't always get to talk to folks about it. So it's good to hear, to hear those stories. Well, it must feel good to know that you are making a positive impact on the world. So really appreciate it. And thank you so much for being here. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Please write and review so other people can learn about this podcast. Find out more about sleep, hygiene, eating healthy, tasty recipes, zero-waste lifestyle, and lots more on thatorganicmom.com. Help us spread the word. Be blessed and stay healthy.